This is Marky Mark Markellis from Soul Wizard Podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it, because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care, you want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one pounder with cheese in France, Mickey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly uh, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you of a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. <laughs> uh, How do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You're listening to and watching Superhero Speak. And I'm your host, Dave. And JD. <laughs> Donald as well. Yes, uh, our, our good friend John is uh, not with us tonight. He is um, under the weather, so we have our good friend D Square filling in for him, and uh, we're grateful for that. Thank you, Don. No and, problem. Uh, so, so Don, we haven't, you know, we haven't seen you for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, since our 2020 wrap up, how are how are things going with you? How was your New Year's? Uh, anything new? Yeah, no, everything's going great uh, with my own podcast. We've been on a hiatus because we went like on a two-week hiatus, and then the Browns got in the playoffs. I know this isn't a sports show, but uh, nonetheless, so it's like, okay, well, that only happens one in a millennium. So Not only did they get in the playoffs, they won. And whooped the Steelers. Yeah, that, yes. that was the surprising part. I know, I literally at the beginning of the game, like it was kickoff. I'm like, okay, let me go downstairs and do something real quick. And then my wife's like, what are you doing? That touchdown already. And I'm like, touchdown? Wait a minute. The Steelers were ball. Why are you celebrating? And then, yeah, it's because the very first play of the game, <clears throat> they were in front of the uh, uh, end zone. Ben Roethlisberger had a snap over his head. They didn't fall on it. We did. So we started off the game. Anyway, rest is history. Good stuff. So I pushed the podcast back another week because <laughs> who knows? You know, yeah, at the time I'm thinking we may never see this ever again. Turns out we'll get to see one next week. But uh yeah so there you go fun stuff uh but yeah i had a great holiday having a great new year so far so santa bring you everything you wanted oh always always (laughs) always how about you uh jd oh uneventful week for the most part just did some work wrote some articles watched some wrestling wrote some books same old same old yeah got like five new books done no i mean i just i'm getting cracking i'm about ten thousand words into the new book so it's going good waiting for my editor to get me notes back on the one i just finished so hopefully i got the, another kickstarter going and hmm, i was hoping for february march is looking more realistic though so uh so i um oh yeah john's here dave how was your weekend <laughs> yeah john's <laughs> not here um uh, well i mean i'll start with the good how's that um i uh I'm back in the gym today uh first time since before the holidays so i know i'm gonna feel it tomorrow uh you know i I, so i'm getting back to my routine i you know salads for lunch so and and i weighed myself today first time also since before the holidays 
And I was shocked. I did put weight on, but only a few pounds. So I was it's like, good. oh, good. Yeah. So I don't have a, I'm not starting back at zero. <laughs> no, that's good. Cause you got your metabolism going in the right direction. So it knows how to, it already knows how to process more and, and more efficiently. So right. you don't really, you can take some time off without like really, you know, setting yourself back. Yeah. And then, um, and uh, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask our audience to indulge me for a second. I'm going to get into the bed. Um, so as everyone who listens to this show knows that uh, my wife passed away at the beginning of last year. And um, I talked, and I've talked on the show a couple of times about, going on dating sites, but then not really meeting anyone and blah, 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 and going back and forth. And, um, you know, I've talked to women, but never, there was no connection. So I didn't, you know, it's like, why bother meeting them? It wouldn't be worth my time. And then I met somebody in November. Um, I've told the guys off air. I don't think I really talked about her on air. And, um, you know, we started dating and things were going really well. In fact, I spent New Year's with her at, at her friend, her friend's house. And then, uh, and then out of the blue, I got the, uh, I think things are going too fast text. You know, I need some time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there was a little bit of back and forth. And then, uh, you know, so it's, yeah. As of right now, I just told her, I'll, you know, I'll give you the space you need. I respect your feelings. And and uh, so I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's over, over, or if, you know, she'll come back, you know. Um, but it's I'm just, it's hard because... Everyone who knows me knows that I wear my heart on my sleeve, but like I've been real guarded since my wife passed about, you know, letting myself feel things. So it was just like, it was so weird that like I fell for this woman like that, you know, it was an instant connection and, uh, and it's been tough. And part of the whole reason I brought this up, uh, not only just to get it off my chest, cause I, you know, confession's good for the soul kind of thing. Getting it off your chest mm-hmm. helps. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I've been getting back into my music lately, uh, last year. And after about three weeks, I started writing a song for her. And so after she, you know, sent, after she sent that initial text, I kind of like quickly recorded it. Cause I, I had it written. I had the chords and everything. And I just, it was just me and a guitar and I recorded it and I sent it to her and she was like, Oh, that's nice. Like she didn't, that's all right. Yeah. She, she, uh, she didn't, she didn't quite react to it. She, and I could, t- and I think it was more she was holding back. So, so one of the things I want to do, and this is why I'm asking our audience to, 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 you know, indulge me for once because you know we kind of entertain you every week. Um, at the end of this episode, kinda. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> tack on the song. I'm just, I kind of want to put it out there, you know, for the world. Um, just something to make me, you know, peace of mind for me. So, so stick around at the end of the episode. You'll hear. Not so great, rec- not so great song uh, recorded by me because I'm not a great singer either. But I'm kind of I want to get kind of hopefully getting feedback from our audience. So I, I dig you exposing your heart like this to the world. It's surprising and like um, I don't think I could quite the way you're doing right now. So much respect. Yeah, um, I, I I I need to. Sometimes I think I need to be more open. So I'm trying something new. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah so um. That's where I am, and uh, you know, that's it. Well, my heart goes out to you because you know I'm on my second marriage, so I went uh, through a divorce in my late 30s, and to just have to go through that process because obviously I didn't want to end the divorce, so it was right. not a death of a partner, but nonetheless, it was my life boom destroyed. And people are crazy, so dating is horrifying. Oh yes, um, especially when. You- <laughs> 
especially over the age of 30. Well, I mean, in your 40s, it's just like, I, and I'm sure we have people out there that are watching this that can relate. I know John can relate to Betty's not here. Like part of the problem is you're, you're dealing with their baggage, you know, like, yes. and, and it's really tough for me because I was happy. I was in a happy marriage for 19 years. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. And I learned in 19 years, it takes communication. It takes work like to have a good successful marriage. And when you're de dealing with somebody who has had a bad relationship in the past and then has now, mm -hmm. now developed a pattern of, um, and I see trouble, I'm going to like, you know, pack up and run right. because I'm scared of getting hurt. So it's easier but, for me to just run instead of getting hurt in the long run. Yeah. It's, it's tough, you know, and I, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a psychologist, you know, I can't tell her how to get over her fears. Uh, you know, I can try to assure that, you know, I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm a good guy and I'm not going to do anything, but you know, and there's a fear. That's the other thing. For anyone out there uh, like me who's a widow or widower, um, I'm sure you can attest to this. You also deal with them thinking they're dealing with the, uh, they're yeah. competing with the ghost of your 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 loved one. And it's like, no. And in fact, that's kind of why I was really happy with her because she was like my wife in some ways, but very different in others. You know, for like one, my wife and I did not agree on music <laughs> at all. She and I had similar tastes in music. You know, and just, you know, like little things like that, which, you know, maybe are important to some people and aren't important to others, but it was important to me. And it was just like, eh, you know, same political views, which is tough to find. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, and for some godforsaken reason, she found me attractive. So, hey, now, listen, I, I found a way to procreate a couple of times anyway. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not the clubbing type. So, yeah, dating and me just really don't uh, don't go. But uh, my heart goes out to you because I'm not the heart of my sleeve type of guy when it comes to this sort of thing. My armor was like to act as disinterested as possible until they show, you know, like right. with my current wife, this is how it happened. I was like, okay, well, great. It'll be great to see you next weekend. And she was like, oh, next weekend. Well, how about tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, oh, this, she digs me. You know, I waited for something like that right? Uh, before. And it's hard to be patient there, especially just you coming out of that shell. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, and also too, when you get to our ages, it's like, you know, I have, I mean, my kids are older, but she has kids that are younger and both have full-time jobs. So that's another thing. Finding yeah. time to get together was also a little tough, but you know, and that's, that's going to be with anyone at this point. I know JD, you've been married forever. So I married my high school sweetheart. I can't, I have, I can only say I saw my dad go through it and mm -hmm. you know, he's never been the same. So, um, for a guy that likes to talk, this this conversation leaves me at very little words. Well, be thankful. That's all I can say. You know, just appreciate what you have and, and be thankful for it. All right. Well, should we take our first commercial break? I think it's a good time. All right. Yes. After we hit you with the feels, we hit you with some deals. All right. I like that. That's good. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. We're back. I know you missed us and uh, and you know how I know because you love us and you tell us you love us on social media. So let's do a little social media madness. Except for the times people to direct message and saying that I'm an asshole, but I mean, you know, the most part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, how dare they? 
Oh uh, wait, before we get before we get uh, into the, the Twitter, I do park the poke the bear a little bit. So yeah. before we get to Twitter, um, YouTube, we had an interesting comment. We had a YouTube comment. I missed this. What was said? It was from Don. Oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to bring it up if he wasn't here, but I'll bring it up anyway. So Don, uh, so, yes. so, so JD, yes. um, we had gotten into a conversation about we started going down a path of real geeks versus you know or had don put it geek geeks versus geeks and you talk and you started saying no let's not gatekeep and i totally understand where you're coming from but but don do you remember what you put in the comment yeah just basically uh you know there's the geek geeks who you know basically were bullied you know in uh, in middle school high school for liking this sort of thing um so that's the geek geeks versus now it's easy to be a geek i mean you go to the movies, you watch the show. So that is a distinction to me. And I don't mean to be a gatekeeper. I'm just, right. just trying to put it out there. There's literally people that got their asses kicked for liking this stuff back in the day. And now you don't have to worry about that. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but no, that, that's that's really it. And, I, and But I don't think that's fair. It's not fair. Okay. I know when I'm being unreasonable. And that's, that's kind of one of them. Um, because we do want people to come into the genre and grow it. And back in the day, you know, because of those circumstances, if you liked comics, whether it was DC image, whatever, we were going to gel because we all liked comics. We all liked D and D and now everything's so fragmented. That's kind of, uh, but anyway, but that, that was my comment is, you know, I agree with John that there's geeks and there's geek geeks and the geek geeks are the ones that went through some hard times just because they like this stuff. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, there's people that go through these things now, and it might not be just because you like superheroes. Like, again, working with kids, I think they're more vicious on a more personal level and a more um, – because kids are never unplugged today. And not to say mm-hmm. kids. I'm talking about people that are deep into their 20s now, too, because this isn't new. So I think that um, abuse takes a – I don't want to say a greater toll because, like, uh, I mean, mental abuse is abuse. But, I mean, like, they can keep coming at you at all hours now and it's a little bit i think it's a little more personal and again i got picked on too that's why i learned how to fight so i mean like sure i i have a different personally i have a different relationship with it but i also see it differently having you know had to mentor teenagers so this is kind of why i'm always in the hey don't gatekeep thing because like you know i i I personally worked with kids and trying to help get them out of their shells and you know help them embrace who they are and people come to things in different ways and no one way is greater than the other. Like mm-hmm. it's like this, like we're, we're sports fans. It's like the sports fans, like, Oh, you, like you're a Browns fan, right? Absolutely. You're going to hear people say, you know, to keep people that are younger. Oh, you don't appreciate this as much as I do. Cause you didn't suffer as much. Cause I heard it with the cub fans. Right. You know, right. And with the whites. And I think that's ridiculous too. Like you come to, you come to love things. We, how you come to love things. You know, I just, I think the whole, like, I'm a grander geek than you because I had to suffer. I just think that's, you know, people suffer in their own ways. Nobody's, nobody's like clean. Nobody's ledger is clear as far as that goes. So no. whatever, whatever makes you happy is fine. And like, you know, I, I, I look at it a slightly different way um, in the sense of like, like when I was a kid, I got into this stuff because it was a form of escapism because of being bullied not i didn't get bullied because i liked it i liked it because i was bullied where it's tough and i think this might have been what john's point was is it's tough because 
now it's become mainstream and it's cool and there's just people who like it you know and i think there's people who like it who don't say they're who's you know say they're not a geek and and uh, you know more power to them but there are i have heard i've honestly heard people say oh i like the new batman movie i guess i'm a geek you know and it's just like is that how that works you know and that's that i say why not like because i've seen in my lifetime i've seen people make sports remarkably geeky with the addition yeah. of like metrics to it and fantasy, oh, yeah. like, like the geeks have like, it's not it being a geek isn't the black, the black eye that it once was, you know, and I don't think you need to like wear this. I don't think you need to wear it like a merit badge and that while well, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, like it's whatever we all have trauma and we all have our ways of dealing with yeah. trauma. It doesn't negate anybody else's experience. Like just cause, just cause you liked the band before they were cool. It doesn't mean that, they're not it's not as cool or whatever it's like that just like that we should we look at this wrong that justifies what we like right yeah we no, were no. we were right the whole time i i was i was the first one in my social group that liked pearl jam i mean that's okay. you're you're ahead of the curve man yeah like i said the people like us that were reading comics you know when they were younger that saw how good this stuff could be that spread the good word you know in the in the early aughts and in the nineties when it, in their late nineties, when it had lost interest or even going back further into the seventies and eighties, like we were right the whole time and the world is catching up with us instead of, instead of putting ourselves, you know, um, on the pedestal and being like, well, this is what like for me just go. Yeah. Welcome. I've been here for a long time. Ain't it great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you made an excellent point. Uh, fantasy. I've seen this before. Fantasy football is just D and D for athletes. all it is. It's all it is. No, I wouldn't say for athletes for, for like people that, that adore athletes. Okay. It's um, just a different way to roll the dice. That, it is. That, that's it's all whole, it is. Like, cause I got my, fr- I got friends that love fantasy and like, I I'm not into it. Like I've got enough hobbies. Like the idea of like, of spending my Saturdays doing spreadsheets makes me want to run my face into a window, but, (laughs) but because it's not for me, right. Right, But people love it and it's giving people a new way to appreciate football. And like I said, they've geeked up football and baseball 30 years ago. If you'd have told fans that this was going to be the way people enjoy it, they'd have laughed at you. We won. We've, we've permeated every, every subculture is full of us. Every actual culture is full of us. We have completely taken over. There you go. Like I said, we're yeah. mainstream. We're mainstream. Like, there's no reason for us to be right. like we were. We were just ahead of the curve. Right. Not a monster, just ahead of the curve. That's but right. I, <laughs> um, I was quoting. God damn, I love that movie. It Isn't it yeah. great? <laughs> I love it. Um, watched it like every day, actually, during my separation. Anyway, I don't know. It was a dark time, but I loved it. <laughs> we're going dark this week, man. Like, this is not the show I expected us to be doing. <laughs> but I will tell you, you're right. We shouldn't gatekeep because that serves no purpose whatsoever. Whether you got picked on like me, it doesn't matter. Come in. You know, let's all be friends. I am bitter, though, because I was a video game geek. And I had aunts and uncles and all these people tell me, video games? What good are video games? You'll never make money with video games. Do you know how many kids? Do you know how many kids I've had to convince? No, keep playing sports. He's like, but I can make money playing video games, and I have no answer for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got some bum fucking advice there, Uncle Ted. My, my, uh, it's true. (laughs) My late wife's, um, her best friend's son won a tournament playing Fortnite and won a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Fortnite. If you have talent at that level, because you've got to be really, really yeah. good to do that. Like, why not? Why shouldn't they be paid for their skill? Is it any less ridiculous than being good at golf? <laughs> Is anyone really good at golf? Yeah, 
Tiger Woods is really good at golf. Oh, like, that's true. Even to this day, like, like actually, just, his son, his son is going to be good at golf. That's true. Like, his first name came to mind. Like, there's a like, if anyone can find a way to make money off the talent that they've been given, why not? Yep. It takes hard. I mean, like it really, like it takes a lot of reps and a lot of work to be good at playing video games. Like, and people, mm-hmm. we shouldn't diminish it because somebody's nobody makes money unless some unless some somebody's earning money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a re, like if someone's earning hundred thousand dollars from play, winning a video game, what did the hosts gross from crew, from like hosting it? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, there's right. money. If there's money. Let's make money. Like I'm all that mind. Like let's let everybody find some level of success. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the cat with going through the green screen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I agree. And and again, and the final point on this is because we were bullied and ostracized, we know how it feels to be excluded. So that's why we shouldn't gatekeep. Correct. We got to be, we need to be the, the most open door and be like, come on in. Yep. It's cool. I was telling my little boy today. He's like, because like he's asked me something. I, I forget the question. Was so I asked with that? I'm kind of a nerd. And he goes like, Yeah, Dad, I'm kind of a nerd too. And I said, That's right, buddy. Don't let anyone tell you being a nerd isn't cool. Nerds have more fun. Yes, yes, they do. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on. We had talked about, of course, Michael Keaton is going to be the DCEU's Batman going forward, and um, random Randy Savage from the. Uh, Colt 45 pick podcast said, I love Keaton, but Affleck is Batman. He did a fantastic job in the dumpster fire of BVS and the hatchet job he got in justice league just made me feel sorry for him. A lot of people did like Affleck. Um, yeah, I, I, I seem to be in the, maybe the minority, but like, I did not like Affleck. I prefer, I appreciated the work he put in and the amount of steroids he took <laughs> look like that. <laughs> but, and then by the way, he was on the juice. Um, but I appreciate it. Like he went out of his way to look like Jim Lee's Batman mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. I mean, my brother, who's a, a Batman fanboy, his, his favorite is Ben, Ben Affleck. Crazy to but, me to hear that, but thank you each Yeah. And then, uh, and then of course, Timothy Jones chimed in with, here we go. Keaton is too old. It would be better if he was the elder Bruce Wayne in a Batman beyond movie. I think JD would make a great Terry McGinnis. I've wrestled with this idea. <laughs> You've reached a new low this week, Tim. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate you, but I am also too old to play Terry McGinnis. It's uh, a shame. Ten years ago, maybe. 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 Uh, of course, we also talked... Oh, oh, uh, oh wait. Blah, blah, sour grapes. <laughs> blah, blah, sour grapes. Got uh, to work the gimmick every week. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, Tim actually gets upset when we don't mention. Him. I know, I know. That's why I had to make sure. <laughs> Read sour grapes, one of the one of the best in the independent uh, comic strips going today. Yes, um, we also talked about um, they have greenlit Wonder Woman three with our glowing review of uh, Wonder Woman that we did. Uh, it wasn't a bad review. It was honest. How's that? It was. I thought. I thought it was very. I thought we were very middle of the road with it. We didn't bury it. You know, much like Mark Antony and Caesar, we came neither to bury nor to praise. Right. Um, so Manuel Carmona uh, from Project New New Wave uh, said, that's great. Girls need to see that they too can be superheroes, can be powerful and smart and be the hero of the story. Also, Wonder Woman is much needed in light of darkness of the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, yeah. Um, I also wonder if he has actually seen 
1984 yet. Gonna go with no. <laughs> Part of me is like, yes, you're correct that we had that in 2017 with the original Wonder Woman, which was which we all can agree was a great movie. I, I think, you know, I also kind of try to make the argument that we also have Black Widow. Um, Do we and- have Black Widow? Hey, we've had a Black Widow movie coming. We've had a Black. I feel like we've had this conversation for a year. Until I see like this it came movie. out already. <laughs> we have. Uh, we also have WandaVision, You know, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Looking forward to that. And um, Captain Marvel now. And who else? Uh, we had a Supergirl movie in the eighties. Just saying, uh, Princess Leia, uh, Ridley from Aliens. Like they exist. Those characters are there. Um, Ripley, Ripley, Ridley. Ripley. Was the, Ridley was the guy who made the movie. You're right. You're right. Ridley <laughs> Scott and then Ripley. Um, <laughs> He's also from Metroid. <laughs> uh, Megapodtastic said, can't wait to see it. I hope there's a scene where Diana is puzzling around in her apartment and we hear a broken glass sound effect. And Diana says, so that's where that coffee mug went. It did not happen. <laughs> no, that'll be in three. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> Speaking of um, of Wonder Woman, uh, of course, Kathleen Kennedy, the director, um, is now. Uh, it's also been confirmed that she is going to be directing a Star Wars uh, movie. And oh, you know what? Not Kathy Kennedy. Patty Jenkins is going to be directing. Patty Jenkins. Yes, I'm sorry. I I started this wrong. We discussed Kathleen Kennedy and her role in Star Wars. There we go. And you and John had a very heated discussion on this every time it comes up man like we john and i are like we kind of are on the same page with a lot of things but the second star wars comes up it's like daggers come out man so our good friend markellis uh reagan's from the so wizard podcast said listening to john and jd getting into about kathleen kennedy's role at lucasfilm and then of course it's the uh michael jackson eating popcorn gif one of the classic gifs uh you responded with uh we get very spirited when discussing star wars yeah, we do and then he said oh, hey i also love dr sleep it was my favorite movie of 2019 that didn't have the word skywalker in it <laughs> he actually like tries a skywalker uh yeah it's too bad john's not here this week to um, defend to defend himself and his bad takes to defend himself yes um he's not yes. gonna listen I, he's not gonna listen to the show i can say that <laughs> um it was an interesting discussion though did you of course, you you listen to it, Don. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you have an opinion on uh, on those kinds of stories? I mean, I only picked the one comment from from Marcellus. We actually got a few comments about how, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, I think Megapodtastic had said, like, you got to stop listening to videos. Um, like, uh, what was it? The one with the guy who wears the weird helmet, and he always has like these fake Star Wars uh, stories that comes out. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like Mike Zero. Oh, no, that's not him. That's not like, him. It's like QAnon for Star Wars, basically. Basically, yeah. Um, and this, and yeah. And there's a bunch of these channels on YouTube, and there's like a couple that are really famous. And it's just like I feel like that's what John's watching. It is what John's watching. And he comes back and he's like, I, I, you know, these they have great sources, and it's like it's anything they said come true. <laughs> i've watched a lot of those videos and yeah no very suspect um yeah i mean there was this one video a friend of mine shared with me that was like oh this is everything that's going to happen in rise of skywalker and like none of it happened right there was no mention of the emperor coming back and and any of that stuff it's all thrown it at the wall to see what sticks yeah and if you throw enough i did that something right i 
I did that when I told Mark Hamill, uh, oh, the reason why you didn't do that voice because they didn't want to, like I did that. It just happened to stick that Luke Skywalker did did appear in The Mandalorian. Don, I didn't really saying, have any. I was like, you saying you don't have sources inside of Lucasfilm Disney? Correct. That is correct. Are you telling <laughs> me people aren't violating multi-thousand dollar uh, NDAs? <clears throat> Exactly. And giving you exactly. information, Don. And you're you, saying? And not, hey, yeah, no, I know this guy. He's got about 64 followers on YouTube. Let's give him the scoop. <laughs> giving you know. a random YouTuber spoiler. <laughs> yeah, I feel on. bad. I feel bad making fun of John not being here, but he's not going to hear it. And he's not here. So, you know, fair game. I mean, I would love to lecture him about how Luke Skywalker and Last Jedi is the Luke Skywalker we needed. But yeah, he's not here and he won't listen. So and he, I, I get where John's coming from. He just didn't want that story, which makes sense. I mean, like you can't control how a story hits you, personally. you know? right? But that's the. It doesn't change the fact that that is the story. He's like Kathleen Kennedy told them that they had to shit on Luke Skywalker's grave, and I'm like, John, that's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, you know, you know what's funny is um, I was going to start my other story that I started up the podcast with. With, uh, but John's not here. I'm going to say, John, remember last week when JD had told you that uh, the the source of uh, drama is conflict, and you know that's why the, the the hero always has to be in conflict. That's why he's never going to be happy. So my story would make an excellent drama, right. <laughs> which is also like literally the foundation of drama is conflict. I don't yes, like, yes. Yeah. Why can't they be happy? Well, no one likes. You know, no one wants to watch movies and read books about happy people that are just going about their life. Like, isn't this great? Like, so it just doesn't. I, it only works. It only works in that Mandalorian episode because Luke is Luke's uh, critical to help them escape, but he's not critical to the story. He's not no. part mm-hmm. of the conflict. So he shows up at the. So if they had done that in the Last Jedi, where he just showed up at the end and faced down the Empire with a, a, a lightsaber, which then, he does. Right, but if they do that, but if he had just done that and was and was happy go lucky, everyone would have been happy. But you wouldn't have gotten a Luke story because that's not a story. Right, exactly. It's not a story. And like, what's the thing is like the moment is we're happy because Luke is back. At the same time, the Mandalorian is miserable because he's accomplished his goal. He's find he's found a home for Grogu. Grogu will be safe. And like any parent seeing their child off, he's absolutely miserable about it. That's that is drama. That's the good good drama. That's why it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the all powerful Jedi Grandmaster Luke Skywalker exists in the world of the Force Awakens, what happens? He takes his X wing to the Star Killer base, annihilates everything. Movie over. Fifteen minutes. That's yeah. a trailer. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. It's one of those fan films that people spend way too much money on to not make any money in return, which is a phenomenon that we should need to discuss sometime. Yeah. Maybe we should yeah, make a fan film. No, we should not make a fan film. Time, money, and effort re- get time, money, and effort back. But that's my opinion. Yeah. I found some awesome Star Wars, uh, you know, fan made. There are. Videos, there but are. I never, I never gave him a dime. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, right. that's a whole lot of time, money, and effort. And if you love something, I yeah. get it. That's cool. But I just, I cannot, I can't justify it. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, that's true. So that was a good social media madness conversation. And you know, Better what? Than normal. if you, that's because Don was here. Uh, right. If you want to be part of social media madness, well, our good friend D Square will tell you how you can follow us on social media and be a part of it. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? 
make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast, as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews, as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network includes great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you for that, Don. How many people do you think just absolutely hate me for that and just are tired of looking at my stupid face? <laughs> not me. I appreciate no, we it. love it. We, we appreciate it. Yeah, you know, you're a professional. Know, there's just, just got to be someone out there. That's all. <laughs> They don't uh, know. Maybe John. Oh, wait. John probably doesn't watch the videos. Or My dogs are going to rip down my green screen. <laughs> then, then the illusion will be ruined. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, boys and girls, we're going to take our next commercial break. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. We're back. And now we've got some news to talk about. Uh, Starting off, um, we normally talk about the CW shows on here, and there was going to be a Green, Green Arrow spinoff, which was going to be uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries, but the CW decided to pass on this. And um, I'm kind of wondering, was it like really bad, or <laughs> did they just decide they didn't have enough space in their lineup? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, would you have watched it, I guess, is the first question. Short answer, no. Uh, longer answer, was it doesn't say if an actual pilot was filmed or right. if they just went into pitch state. So my thought is they just said, no, nah, Green Arrow without Green Arrow doesn't work. That's possible. Which I think is probably, the, the I think they're probably correct on that because that, rare, that rarely works when they try to spin off um, a long running show with missing the central character. Like there's a long history yeah. in TV of that not working. Well, they, they with put the exception the pilot. Of Frazier, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they put the pilot in Arrow, though, right? Like yeah, the, they back, were the backdoor feet? pilot, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you would think they would know how popular that was shortly after that. I, You know, I don't know. I don't watch CW. I got burned a little bit by Smallville. I know a lot of people enjoy that stuff. And I just, it just wasn't what I was looking for in a super, it just annoyed me that I didn't get to see Superman until like the 10th season. If it wasn't for like Brainiac and the Justice Society, like uh, that stuff was cool. But anyway. So I don't watch CW, but even if I did, I just, I, I don't know if the Canaries excite a fan base. I, I don't know. I can't judge that properly. I have to say too, like judging with, within my circles, there was no online buzz about this idea at all that I saw. I think part of the problem too, is that uh, it would basically been, um, uh, uh, oh shoot, what's her name? The Laurel, who I forget the actress plays Laurel. Right, she's, she's not very good, and I think asking her to carry a show is too grand a task. 
You know, I just don't, I just don't think she has the chops to be the lead. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I think that's, I think the studio, the network, I should say, probably realized that. And plus, I mean, like, does the CW need to be the DC TV show network? No, it's going to be HBO Max now. Um, That's true. That is true. And also, I think you look at it, they've got the Superman and Lois show coming. They've got, they're trying to make Batgirl work, a Batgirl, Batwoman work with a new lead. So that's a dangerous. That's a tall problem. ask, man. You, you when you replace the lead character on a show, mm-hmm. there's not a there's not a long extensive history of that working either. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then of course the Flash continuing and Legends of Tomorrow. Is there, am but, I forgetting anything? Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Yes. Black Lightning. So I mean, like they have a full slate of DC shows. It's tons. They don't, they don't need a show that isn't even really like based on oh, any kind of popular comic book property. Star Girl. Oh yeah, which did not, which did not get the wife uh, seal of approval. She was not a fan of that show. Wow, I'm shocked. She watched, she watched the whole thing and lo- and I said, "What did you think?" And she said, "Is not a lot of fun." Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, okay." That's what she did with. That's what she did with it's HBO a- Max. I'm watching. I'm going through there watching obscure movies for the '80s and writing articles about them. Mm-hmm. She actually watched some superhero stuff. Yeah, well, and that's and the thing with with Starkle though. It's a show on the CW, but it's not a very CW show. I think that's the problem. I think she was expecting a CW-esque show where they weren't, to be fair, they weren't going for that. So I can't say they were, you know, they missed the mark. Like they, they did that intentionally, but you know. Right. Because it was originally on the DC app. So. Right. Speaking of which, we haven't talked about this. I think I'm going to go all in on this new DC app when it launches at the end of the month. It's like 80 bucks for a year. And then like a, a vast host of comics including some yeah. original digital offerings and everything from the newsstand six or newsstand from the, from the direct market six months after it appears and like an a la carte service. So, so I think I've found something that appeals to me as a former reader that wants to get back in. So that's like Marvel unlimited. Very similar to Marvel. Unlimited. Yeah. I, I just, totally think you should, you really should because to. you're not the type of guy that wants to go into the comic shop I guess that's my hang up and I'm almost getting there. I'm almost getting there. Cause Hickman's kind of annoying me anyway. Um, but it, so you're cool with not going to the comic shop. You're cool with not getting the issue right on the same day. Cause that's the only other con to these apps is that they, they hold back the issues for six months. Mm-hmm. Although I think Marvel's going to push that to a month or something like that here pretty soon. But yeah. So I think you totally should, because like we were talking about the 75 bucks a month, when you compare that to going to the store, that's that's nothing. And there's yeah. a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff on that. And that's what I'm thinking too. It's like seventy five dollars a year, not a month. But I I'd right. easily I would easily yeah, spend sorry. that. Probably not in a maybe on a month. My wife said I'd easily do it. She handles the finances. She might not be wrong. And I thought about it. Like four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks. I mean that that adds up very quickly. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, think, I, I think I'm I, gonna do it. When I uh, when I had gotten back into collecting. Um, when did Civil War come out? Two thousand seven, six, two thousand six. So, so that's that's when I got back into collecting, and yeah, like I was spending a good fifty bucks a month on books because I was going every week and picking yeah. up the titles I wanted, and you know, and then and then of course you go into the store and it's like, oh, this cover looks interesting. Oh, I don't have this graphic novel. Oh, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's. Yeah. That's how they get. I mean, I get it. I understand how their business model has to work. It makes perfect sense to me. But like at the same time, like for where I am in my consuming um, profile, let's say mm-hmm. it just doesn't um, it doesn't work for me. Like I hate I hate spending four bucks on a book and going, oh, man, I don't like that. 
Yeah. You know, cause it's like you finish a book in like 15, 20 minutes. And it's like, I don't like the feeling of, of that. Cause that's what I'm selling my novels for. And at least it'd take you a few days to read it. That reminds me. Sorry. Um, I was going to mention in social media madness. I forgot. I listened to a podcast today that was, uh, because I'm behind on my shows. So it was a Wonder Woman review that came out a couple of weeks ago. I'm listening to it today. And the one host described it almost perfectly. They said, it's like that filler uh, issue of a comic that comes out right before a big event starts. Like they need an issue yeah. to fill a week or two. So they just write something. And that was Wonder Woman 1984. Like, yeah, <laughs> here's a story. It's not that great, but you know, the next thing's going to be even better. So this will this will tide you over i don't that's pretty good i mean i haven't seen the whole movie yet but when i was watching it i was like i i was really thinking like man i kind of expected an escalation she was fighting um you know steppenwolf and stuff like that in the last one and then yeah this kind of did seem like a filler to me that's actually pretty and uh and they they definitely echoed i think it was you who said it jd um the one thing that's hurt this movie was the two villains like especially um cheetah felt tacked on she doesn't have much of a story and she just shows up a couple times as a a plot point but she doesn't Mm -hmm. really have a story so like it probably would have worked a lot better if it was just max lord or just cheetah like it should have gone one or the other yeah it should have gone one way or the other with it like i said i hate to beat the dead horse in this but like they didn't they didn't utilize the 1980s motif at all it's gonna be that one room in 1994 one room in 2004 Actually, that was something because I I said that too. I I agreed with you. you. Like it, it the story could have worked in any time period. The only thing, and they pointed this out. The only, and I make a hmm. The part of it that only works in the eighties is the whole television thing. Like because nowadays yeah. you would just he he would go on social media and become a a a, a, a influencer. But again, he could have done that nineteen seventy four, and it would have been easier. Or nineteen well, six. Or nineteen sixty four. Yeah, that's true. It would have made more sense in the sixties. Yeah, no, I agree. Was on watching TV. You, you couldn't do this story today because you have a whole Justice League that would have been like you know, in theory, that would have been whole all into this. Um, but yeah, the whole like it was just very underutilized. I think we all expected like Stranger Things with super peace. Well, they have superhero like Stranger Things superheroes, like that type of eighties vibe, and it was really understated. Yeah. Speaking of Justice League. Do we have to? Do we have we, to keep talking about Justice League? We, ha- we have to go back. God. Um, this movie so, will never die. So we have two stories. The first one, if you remember uh, a little while ago, we talked about there was an article that came out where Zack Snyder did an interview and he talked about his ideas for the Justice League sequels. Um, he has now come out and ruled out that said, no, that's not a possibility that he's done with the, the franchise at this point. Um, He's getting to tell his story his way. Uh, It's his bookend and he's done. So it's over. No more after the the Snyder cut, no more tacos, Zack Snyder sequels. So that should make you happy. Um, So what we were telling me is that nothing has changed since 2017. No. Okay. Well, wait, wait, something has changed. So apparently. Oh, it's the face of Warner media has changed greatly. You're right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And apparently. So, so. The theatrical run was what two and a half hours, or was it three hours? Yeah, it was two and a half, two and a half hours of my life. I'll never get back. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, and we have heard that the Snyder Cut is going to be four hours. It's going to be broken into four one-hour episodes, right? That's what yeah. we've heard. But apparently, he's only adding two scenes to the movie, so he's adding two 
45 minute half hour scenes <laughs> and only one of them features the joker why <laughs> i don't understand any of this oh i understand any. it they want to sell they want to sell hbo max subscriptions that's what it is and there's a there's enough demand they think to get people to buy hbo max subscriptions and See, and that's where i think they're wrong but go ahead dave oh i agree with you by the way but yeah and somewhere there's a warehouse full of Jarrett Leto Joker action figures they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, I just I still don't I, I still can't see how he's going to fit in at all. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless there was a lot that was cut out of the theatrical version that he's just putting back in. Um but if he, but if he's, if that's true, which I'm sure it is, I'm just, I don't get it. I, well, I didn't get it in the first place, but I really don't understand talking about this costing 80 to a hundred million dollars, but then he's saying he only, they only shot two new scenes, I, I, but I don't know enough about stuff. So, I mean, i just, that's a question I have. How much we saw the, the new Steppenwolf, the point, the extra pointy Steppenwolf. Right. Yeah. Extra pointy, shiny, <sighs> still that big costs- gray monster. Yes, that cost a lot of money, and bec- and I have and this is kind of, I wonder too is because of the SAG contracts. If this is a different movie, they got to get paid again, right? So I've heard that. Yeah, the money. So when you when you think about it like that, the money does get eaten up pretty quick. Yes. Um. That being said, it's a whole lot of money spending for I, something I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna make make a hill of beans. No. And 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 not for nothing. Um. I'm sure like if he's actually adding scenes, there might be, they might be filming new pickup scenes too. Like, you know, adding something to an existing scene to make the new scene make more sense, you know, which, which I'd appreciate, but then, sense. but that's, a, then, then, then that starts getting weird too, because it's been how many years and, you know, does, does uh, Ben Affleck have a beard now? <laughs> well, it's going to be, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. Cause like when you're on any film set, you're taking photos every day, continuity photos to yeah. make sure you look like the same person to remake a film you did four years ago and expect people to look the same, especially in the middle of a global pandemic. I don't know how it's possible. Like that okay. Affleck's not on the juice anymore. I, I, I was going to say somebody released pictures. It was like, it looked like he put weight on and like, he's not as big as he was. Oh, we, he can't be, you can't, you, yeah. It takes so much food and work and like effort to look like Batman. Yeah. Like you can't do it. Like you cannot live that way. Yeah. Like uh, it, I, I don't know what this is going to be. Now that being said, are they just going to, could they have just hired a muscle guy and face swapped Affleck's head on there? I'm going to start a theory and see how long, let's see how long it takes <laughs> to people pick. Oh, so that's what it is. They're just going to um, uh, deep fake an actor with Affleck's face. It would look better than Mark Hamill in, in um, Mandalorian. So I, I, I want to, I, I, so, okay. Tangent time. That's tangent. Uh, why the heck are they not doing deep fakes? Like, mm-hmm. do you know how many videos there are on YouTube where they take scenes like that and they redo it with the deep fake technology and it looks 10 times better? Like, I, I think it's because they don't, I think it's one of these, this is how we do it in Hollywood. And we need to hire a hundred yeah. people. I think it's a, a lot of union type stuff. And this is just how things are done, but it is not as efficient. The deep fake technology is scary. First of all, let's, let's, let's lay that on the line. It's horrifying, yeah. but it looks way better. It just does. It does. It just does. 
Yeah, I think, well, it's just, it's, it's a never, it's never a good thing to help prove that something can be automated. You know what I'm saying? Like you You can't, you can't automate acting. That's the one thing that they're not going to be able to do, but they'll never want to admit, Oh yeah, this one app can do what we do for nine million dollars you're 100 you're 100 right there's too many people there's too many jobs like no one wants to say that a kid with tiktok can can outdo a studio but here we are right i know it's just because i mean the technology has gotten ridiculous it is it is and yeah and like it's funny because i've had this argument with uh with people before i'm like i don't understand why uh especially like computer generated effects cost so much more than practical effects because the practical effects you have to build stuff and it seems like you'd have to have more people to operate a puppet and all those kinds of things and those all those people have to be paid but it just feels like what they do in hollywood is they hire like an army of animators because maybe you said it earlier jd maybe it's all just union stuff the union stuff is important and it's also hollywood gets stuck in a way of this is how we do things right Right. because it's like because i always i just look at the technology and i'm like a kid in his room with a with a decent laptop can do half of the stuff that you see on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. nowadays. And some of it is like the design, like the, a lot of it is the design element. The design element is where you really, there's still no way around it because an artist still has to create the environment, especially right. in this day and age. Like that has to be created. Like you can't just tell a computer, hey, I need this. Like, like you need an artistic hand behind it. But as far as like, the actual production of it goes. And I think that Hollywood gets into these, into these swings where like they go so far one way, they won't go another. Like 15 years ago, <clears throat> George Lucas and Robert Rodriguez. And then Michael Mann were telling everybody, Hey man, high definition technology is more efficient than 35 millimeter film. And they got fought and fought and fought and fought. And 15 years later, Christopher Nolan's the only guy making movie in 35 millimeter film. Yeah. Right. Cause it's cheaper. But the problem is when stuff is initially cheaper, then they find ways to bulk up the price. Yep. Right. So, I mean, this is just kind of the way, this is kind of the way ebb and flow things back and forth. I do think that, because again, I've been watching, like I said, I've been doing these articles on, uh, on HBO movies, HBO Max movies. Some of these practical effects films from the eighties have held up really well, special effects wise. Gremlins looks really good. Yeah. You know, with puppets, like it still works. Dreamscape did not, that did not age well. <laughs> Let's well, just, even, even yeah. uh, Star Wars from 77. Like, yeah. you know, it's funny. The stuff that was done in 77 looks so much better than the computer animated stuff that was done in 97. Yep. Cause computer, yeah. computer generated effects outdate themselves faster than practical effects do. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, it's getting better, but that argument has been made so many times where like, there's just something about computer. Like look at the, I mean, I hate to say it, the Eric Bana Hulk movie, you know, where again, it was that, like, that's 2003 that's a long time ago exactly but like they had to like a lot of people don't notice that he's dirty in most of the 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 movie the hulk like yeah. it looks like there's dirt on his skin because for them to animate him as green back then it wouldn't have looked realistic it would have looked it would uncanny valley is probably the best way to put it you know it would have looked fake on the screen mm-hmm. so to have it feel more tactile and real they had to cover the green hulk with brown dirt you know oh. because computer animation just wasn't up to stuff at that point at the same time you that's the only way you could get a hulk movie in 2003 right exactly you know same way those those fights in daredevil 2003 that are computer animated look 
terrible now and it aged horribly as as a comparison to like actual fist fighting like fight choreography from movies from like 10 years earlier there's a you know i love the the toby Maguire spider-man movies but there, especially in the first one there's a scene where like spider-man is fighting some guys and he like flips backwards and it's he it's so fake looking you mm-hmm. know it's like oh that looks like a video game uh spider-man yeah. at that point and it, but it's you know but again then, in 2002 that's how you had to do something like right. that Otherwise, you got to do Rubble in the Bronx to get Jackie Chan out there doing his type of thing. But again, you watch that in, in 2021 eyes, and it looks like a dude fighting. Like I said, there's just some things that age better. And like we've got, we've come really far with good computer animation. Like we were talking about it last week with Wonder Woman. Like we look at what Marvel has done with their computer animation, and it's like the top of the line, amazing, looks real. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you, like you get, it's so easy to get lost in those movies. Mm-hmm. Right. But you look back on some things that came before it or things that aren't that aren't as well done. And it really, it really shines a light on their problems. You know, it's better. You're almost better going practical than doing bad CGI in almost. this day and age. I think you are. Yeah. And that were, yeah. Well, and they used to have to make those decisions because the original blade movie, um, I'll always remember this. It was absolutely the first DVD I ever bought and had these cool extras. And one of the extras was an alternate ending where the, the blood, blood God, God yeah was this actual blood blob thing but it looked so horrible that they had to cut it and just say screw it we'll do the steven dorf you know uh which is totally not how the movie because he's not trying to become the blood god he's trying to and then at the end it's like ah screw it he's the blood god which actually i think works better for the ending but that's definitely not yeah you're 100 percent right that's a great example i'm just it's just reminding me of blade trinity at the end of the movie when he's on the table and his eyes open, do you know the story behind that? No. Wesley Snipes refused to open his eyes, so that's computer animated. So they, they had to see. <laughs> they animated it. They CGI'd eyes on him opening because he refused to open his eyes. He was eyes. just insufferable by yeah. that by that movie. Because they were trying to replace him the entire movie. They right. forced him to act. He contractually had to act in a movie that it was clear they were trying to replace him with Jessica Biel and tight pants and Ryan Reynolds. And he was yeah. like, this is my franchise. Why is why does anyone listen to a damn thing David Goyer ever says? And he, I, I think time has borne Wesley Snipes correct on there. But he is like one step next to Marlon Brando as my favorite, like, insufferable <laughs> Hollywood actors. Speaking of actors and Ryan Reynolds. See that? See that? Kobe. Best, uh, swish. It has been confirmed. Yes. That Deadpool 3, this is breaking today, but of course this comes out Wednesday. Um Deadpool 3 will be take place in the MCU and will be rated R. So it's their first rated R MCU movie. Kevin Feige confirmed this today. So um, what do we think, guys? Are we, are we excited about that? Is it going to work in if the MCU? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If anyone can make it work in the MCU, it's Ryan Reynolds cracking jokes about how they're now in the MCU. Like, they'll they'll shine a big light on it. Yeah, They'll make yeah. jokes about it. It'll be perfect. Kevin Feige is smart enough to let people that are good at what they're doing do what they do. Yeah. I mean, and I've I've said that from the beginning. Like, if any character from the Fox movies that you could just bring over without even, like, blinking an eye, it's Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, because he breaks the fourth wall. He knows he's in a, he knows he's in a movie, but in the right. comics, he knows he's in a comic, the whole thing. So it's like... Bugs Bunny. Yeah. No, while Ryle, while Ryan Reynolds is alive, no one else could possibly play Deadpool. And even after he passes, 
I don't know even after then. So yeah, the fact that they're smart enough to say, okay, we're going to keep this guy and no one else from the Fox X-Men franchise. This is just revolutionary in in a couple different ways. Again, that way, the fact that they're actually going to take a Fox property, bring it over and meld it and not just make the movies, but say, no, this is MCU. Like that's pretty crazy, but you're right. They can do it. They're going to do it well. And it's the right character to do it with. But um just then the rated r the disney marvel rated r thing that's something that you would never expect i always heard rumors that it was going to be some sort of subsidiary or something like that but to see that they're stamping disney stamping mcu on that um is a little bit surprising but very welcome i'm really excited was hoping to hear more about the actual plot and characters but we'll have to just wait till those uh meaty morsels come i will be surprised if when the movie comes out if they do the magic kingdom intro with the rated r because they don't typically do that if they if they slap the fox logo because they still have that mm-hmm. i it wouldn't surprise because disney has released rated r movies that's what touchstone was back in the 80s and 90s and that's what miramax was in the late night in the mid to late 90s you know um in 2000s so i think that i think that they'll slap the 20s i i because that's just that's not what they do i do think you'll see the marvel but I think you'll see the 20th Century Fox logo because Disney owns it. Mm. I could be wrong on this, but I think that's what you're going to see. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, you know, we'll see. But I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, now I have a question, uh, Don, because you're more, yeah. you're more of an X Men uh, comic mm-hmm. book reader. Um, I know, and I know Deadpool's not officially an X Men, he but he fits in that genre of the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read a Deadpool comic in years, but I know some of the books I've read they do a thing where like he has multiple voices in his head. They'll have two or three different style. Um, uh, what do you call that? With the, the bubbles, the thought bubbles yeah. or that, but they don't call them thought bubbles when it's just like, you know, text like, and like one is saying one thing, one saying another thing. And like they'll argue and the voices will argue with each other in the books. Um, do they still do that in the books today? I, I- I have not seen that on the Deadpool books that I've read, but I'm going to confession here, which is, this is how crazy this is all. I actually am not a big fan of Deadpool, (gasps) but, (laughs) but they made these fucking Deadpool movies. They put comic perfect Colossus in there. So here I am. The Deadpool movies are my favorite X-Men movies that exist today. Okay. So anyway, I mean, um, cause, cause in the books I've read, it's like, that's part, part of where some of the humor comes from in the books. But they mm-hmm. haven't really played with that. I mean, and I know they don't do thought bubble kind of stuff in the movies. Yeah. Well, you that's a hard gag to pull off in a movie. Like in a comic book, you can do that because you can have like the different colored balloons going at each other. And you can read that in the same voice. If you were to do like a voiceover plus Ryan Reynolds talking to each other and the fact that you can't see his lips move, it's very difficult to get that across with that character, just yeah. like in, in film. You know, that's a joke that I think works. That's one of those things you do with comics. I think is near impossible to do in a, in a movie, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, near. it works, it works in Lord of the Rings and, uh, um, Spider-Man. What the, the, it's talking with the mirror, the mirror guy. Yeah. In, yeah. In Spider-Man but, oh. and they, they can do that. Eagle talking to himself in Lord of the they Rings. They can do that for a gag, but they yeah. can't do a movie like it. Right. Exactly. And because like I said, because it's too hard to, 
especially if it's because it's always in it's in his head usually like it's difficult to pull that off like you could color like your your thought balloon your, your word balloons and your thought bubbles and you know your captions different to get the point across but it's tough to it's tough to pull that off in a film yeah but it'll be a fun movie i'm looking forward to it as long as they get the right guy to write and direct you know yes. what's funny deadpool has never been an official x-men never right but he has been an avenger uh it was in a storyline called axis uh where his red onslaught basically uh the red skull took xavier's brain i remember that and became uh and so he inverted everybody's personality. And so, the, yeah, they needed Deadpool's help, and they admitted him into the Avengers. And, uh, yeah, so he's never been an X-Men, but he's been an Avenger. If you invert Deadpool's personality, does he become sane? Yes. I remember that storyline, wasn't he? He yeah. was sane, and he was, like, a good leader, and it was, like, completely the opposite of what he wanted <laughs> yeah. from Deadpool. Right. Yeah, and, like, Carnage was, like, uh, you know, this ultra – he was, like – I mean, he was a redneck, but he was like a redneck good guy for America. It was it was a crazy storyline. Yeah, Rick Remender back when he was uh, writing stuff in Marvel. That was that was just around the time I kind of thought I was I bailed out. That was good. I liked that storyline. Um, and you had said that as long as they, I mean, I'm looking forward to and and JD, you said as long as they have a good writer and uh, and director, that's the key. Yes. Um, do you think that Michael Waldron is a good writer? He's writing the Loki series. Um, that's a nice uh, sub- segue. Rick and Morty. <laughs> he, yes, he works on Rick and Morty. He is going to be Kevin Feige's writer for his. Not Kevin Feige. Um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Feige. Um, wow, I was waiting for it to load. Um, writer for his Star Wars movie for with Disney. The one that um, he's producing, not directing. Yes, producing. Um, I don't. I mean, I like Rick and Morty. I don't like. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like. I have to see Loki. The well, China sit there. Here's the question: uh-huh. Could you take a silly Star Wars movie, like almost like hybrid Rick and Morty with Spaceballs? Could you? Could could that be stomached? I don't know because apparently the, Solo originally was going to be a comedy, had more of a comedic tone to it, and they they axed that halfway through and had to start filming again with a new director. So. I, at that point, obviously, Disney didn't think, or at least Lucasfilm didn't think, the audience wanted it. But now, all of a sudden, Feige's going to do a more comedic version. I, I, but we, we're assuming something. We're assuming, yeah. like the tone of the Loki show doesn't tell me that that's comedic. It tells me it's Marvel, right? right. Which is like you know fun, but action. Um, a good writer can bounce a little bit. Like, let, let's take, we're talking about Deadpool. Joe Kelly is the one who really established the Deadpool character that we know. Like, the Rob Liefeld Deadpool is not the Deadpool that's in the films and stuff like that. The, the one we have is Joe, the one Joe Kelly established when he took over the Deadpool book. Yes. Joe Kelly went on to do Ben 10. He's part of Man of Action. Like, there's nothing about a kid's show Ben 10 that you would associate with that run on Deadpool. True. But Joe Kelly's a, ta- a talented writer and knows when to bounce back and forth the stuff. And like, he's funny, but he knows when to, he knows how to speak to which audience. I'm going to assume that this, that this, they're going to lean more into the stuff we've seen from Loki. That's a little more on the fun side than just the Ricky Morty zaniness. Does a, does a Marvel style Star Wars movie work? I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the question we're going to, we're, we're going to ask with this. I think they're, I think they're trying it and they're going to see what works. Cause I think we've established that we can tr- try to bounce out star Wars a little bit and try stuff that is a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
<laughs> they already made their money back. Why not experiment? Like, is it going to work? I don't know. Is that what the, I mean, is it not? I don't know either. Like, let's see what they can do with it. Right. And what do you think? You're, you're a big Star Wars fan. I think it could be great. I would love to see, it doesn't have to be necessarily funny, but something a little bit lighter. Um, Horatio Sands part in the Mandalorian. I don't know. I crack up every time that guy talks. Um, that's the guy, the first bounty. And then we mm-hmm. see him uh, later in the series. So I, I would love to see a series that leans on that. You almost maybe get a cheers, you know, cheers type scenario in, in a cantina, you know, <laughs> something like that, you know. Uh, I, I would dig it, just but, but don't do the solo thing. Don't take a little known fact real character and and put him in that scenario that, and that was the problem is they hired the wrong guys to do that movie and they casted a guy who was not han solo if that was a movie that was like if that was a dash rendar movie or something like that i think that would have might have worked a little bit better mm-hmm. you know, just there was nothing about alden emmerich that came off anything like harrison ford no that's true so i think down's right i think if you different character people might be willing to experiment and that's why that's why the Mandalorian worked. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, until the end of season two, there's no real attachment to the main continuity in Star no. Wars. Season one is basically a, a lone wolf and cub in space. Yeah. So, and and it's funny, and I'll, I'll say that too. Like um, John Favreau gave us Mandalorian, and that is different than Iron Man. It doesn't have the same feel as Iron Man. Right. You know, where everyone's like, oh, you know, Dif- different than the Lion King, different than Elf. Oh yeah, very you know, different John, than I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like good, t- talented people know the the boundaries in which they can play, and don't try right. to force everything. I think the problem with Lord and Miller is they tried to force a Lord and Miller movie onto Star Wars that you know probably shouldn't. And that whole thing, there's a movie or a book behind that thing, the clusterfuck that was that movie that I'm I'd like to read and know okay. more about someday. Like someday, someone's going to come out with that whole story, and I'm very curious. Yes. Oh, eventually someone will come out with the whole story of the the making of uh, yeah. So Justice I want to yes, that too, <laughs> that too. I want to read a book on that. Like, there's like there's this book called the night called Night Shift from the the eighties. Yes, about the it, late night shows. The late yeah, like yeah, yeah. When uh, when Carson was leaving the Tonight Show, and he rewrote it when Conan O'Brien was leaving the Tonight Show. Great books. I would like to see that done for those two movies. Like, there's some deep dive stuff there that I just want to gobble up yeah yeah i mean it's, it's funny too because i've um uh didn't they made a movie out of that didn't they they did hbo made it yes yeah and i watched i didn't read the book i saw the movie and it was just the way they portrayed letterman and like because he wanted that gig and mm-hmm. they want to give it to him so yeah the book's really good the conan o'brien one is also really good you know the guy said i would like i forget i can't think of his name off the top of my head i would like that guy to write about what happened on Justice League and then what happened on Solo. Those are what I need in that order. Get cracking. All right. I agree. So on that note, boys and girls, we'll take our last commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. So we're going to wrap up this week. We had done our, our 2020 wrap up and we came back last week Um which was our first week in January, but we discussed Wonder Woman 84. And I was kind of curious. I mean, John's not here, so we'll get it for him next week. But I'm kind of curious if you guys had any New Year's resolutions and what you're looking forward to in 2021, if anything. So uh, how about you, Don? 
You know, I'm not a big resolution guy, um, only because I know my uh, lack of willpower, so I don't like to set myself up for failure. But with that said, um, I am very close to getting my bachelor's degree. I have this class that I'm currently in and one more to go. Currently have a 4.0, so I want to maintain that, get that done, and then after that... I actually kind of sort of have a book idea and a bunch of notes in my phone here that I think I may start putting together to to see what's doing. Or I may get bored and stop, and then that'll answer the question, is Don a real writer? And I'm fine with, either, you know, hey, whatever way it shakes out. Um, so that's, that, 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 that's about it. And just, you know, be as good as a person as I can be. Yes. Okay. Congrats, man. I like that is all really good stuff. And if, uh, if you need if you need help with uh, figuring out your first book and how to do it, let me know. I'd love to help you out. Okay. I may make you regret that. Thank you. Nope. I, I love helping people. I like, I'm fiending for coaching because I haven't done it in almost a year. Um, <laughs> 20, how about, yeah. How about you, JD? 2020 was a weird year for me. It was not what I expected. It's all because of the pandemic. Um, my video business died this year and I don't know if it ever will come back. Um and part of me is okay with it never coming back because I've been looking for an exit for such a long time. And this is like become, well, put up or shut up. Yeah. You know? And um, I, I don't, I'm not one for resolutions, not because I'm lazy, but because like, I, I hate boxing myself into a corner and saying, well, if this doesn't happen, then I'm a failure. Cause I'll do stuff like that. That's I still have that jock mindset a little bit. What I did do was I put a number on my desk, just above my desk of what, I need to do this year by mm-hmm. money, money wise. Cause I need to make this whole thing, how I make my living. Cause I don't want to go back to, sh- to shooting stuff. Like I wasn't, I did that cause I was good at it. And I kind of feel like the world has passed me by a little as far as that goes. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. So that's what I did this year. I put down the number. I took what I made this year as my first full year as a writer and, and doing all this stuff. And it wasn't great. But it wasn't bad. Like, I was like, okay, it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. I mm-hmm. can build on this. I don't know how, but I think I can. So I wrote it down. And then I I got hired to do the, the with the fight game site. I'm doing writing with them. I got hired with another website to do writing with them. I'm writing um, movie reviews now for Combat Republic. Like, this stuff just all kind of fell, fell onto me a little bit. And um, these are all like ping. Like, I got a job today with help on another guy's web um, podcast. He's like, Hey, I need help with the video part of my podcast. Like I do. Cause he knows I did it for us. And I'm right. like, yeah, sure. Like, so I put this number down and all of a sudden my sales, by the way, I'm having the, I made what I made all last month. I've already made. Oh, wow. Right. In the first time, te- like, I don't, I, I don't know how I it just, I think, I think people got Amazon gift cards and I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm appreciating that, but I have, but it's a nice springboard to start my year. So right. I'm not, and I'm not a big financially motivated person. I'm a creatively driven person, but you know, Andy got to eat, <laughs> you know, and I got to, I got to figure this out. So that's been not so much a resolution, but me figuring out, okay, how can I take these things that I'm enjoying doing and, I don't need to be rich. I just need to make a like a, a, a respectable living doing like before the show today, I interviewed a guy who coached in Russia and I'm doing a piece mm-hmm. on, on that. Like, it's just like, I'm doing some cool stuff and I'm writing books and like, it's all just, how do I do this and survive and not just be a hobby? So that's, 
and it's that's 2021 is for me is really about okay how do i get into the next act of my life you know and i miss i miss coaching a lot but if it went away tomorrow i'm okay with it because i've achieved everything i've wanted to achieve in the last three years i had every goal i had a really good group um i did i was spoiled but um the cost of that has made me kind of go okay what now so now this is kind of where i'm at like like i told you last week i want to write i want to try to write eight books right you know i want to try to do a bunch of other things like i had an idea about pitching my first nonfiction book over the weekend i don't know if it's going to happen but i got an idea i'm going to try to try to do that so i don't know like i the way we ended 2020 was not what i expected when the year started but it's not a bad thing so i'm just trying to roll with it and figure out how do i how can i make this work that I, where i'm not such a hobbyist and a burden on my family <laughs> that makes yeah. sense Yes, yes, it does. It's it's also a good, it's an awesome perspective, you know, because when you when when you start getting up there in, in years, like we are, I'm getting um, there. You know, I'm I'm trailing you, but I mean, like it's getting there. It, it's it's you, and I remember when I turned forty, and it was like I've accomplished all these things in my life that I wanted to do when I was young. So like now what? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, here I am six years later and and things have been turned upside down but yeah i mean it's 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 you know that's you know that'd be that's a good inspirational thing like people should take from this is like if you accomplish goals then just figure out what your next thing is don't just sit there and be like i'm done i'm just gonna grow old now you know yeah and that's the word i see that with my dad is like you know he's in his 60s in his late 60s now but i mean like he's he acts like he's 80 you know and i see guys his age that you know just keep going and it's like wow you seem so much younger you know and it's because they still keep them they challenge themselves it's like okay what can i do now and it just that seems much more interesting to me to be that way so i'm i love experimentation i love trying things and i'm definitely not afraid to fail yeah i mean it's it's interesting because uh speaking of experimentation and trying things like like oh you know i've now gotten into there was a gun (laughs) (laughs) i've now gotten into uh doing guitars so like this is the first one that i worked on this used to be all gray by the way and i replaced the pickups and uh painted it and everything um put a new neck on it and i really enjoyed that so i'm actually building a second one now like you know Uh oh now building a third um (laughs) um so so yeah like when you get to my age don't be afraid to start and try new things you know um it keeps you young it keeps your mind going and, you know it's fun i grew my hair long this year yeah like look how long this stuff is um go until june. Let's, june let's let's write some song parodies dave come on let's oh yeah uh my kid loves weird al yeah well that, that's good he hears he hears American Pie and he immediately goes soon I'm gonna be a Jedi like he just yeah it's awesome whenever that song whenever that song comes on the radio like and, and my kids know me as a, he listens to the news guy when he's in the car but then yeah when that song comes out I bust out and sing every word and they're just like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh my goodness sorry uh, speaking of 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 getting into doing guitars um, the guitar I'm working on part of the finish um you have to use teak oil and that's what i just i knocked it over now it didn't spill but there was some oil on the bottle yes if you're going to get into woodworking kind of stuff people 
finishes and oils are messy to work with. That's all I'm going to say. Probably should probably do that in the garage, my man. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. This part was it's the oil. It was just once I'm done the guitar, I'll, I'll show everyone and I'll explain okay. what it was. But it's just it's just clean. It was just you treat the wood with the oil at, at one point and just like it's not it's not a it wasn't a big messy thing but a little bit got on the bottle when i was working with it um to me i know i mean god i had such a crappy 2020 i'm just glad it's over but um yeah i mean i mean i you know i guess i look at you know what i went through and i look at like and i definitely and it's funny because i was talking to the guys in the geek world all-stars um group the other day and it's like i'm definitely a much stronger person than i was in tw- from 2019 to now um because you know it's it's one of those things you got to be or or you're not um going to be around long and so i guess i'm like in a way thankful for that part of it and you know i also had this resolution i wanted to get to a certain point in my weight loss journey and of course pandemic hits and gyms closed down for a long time and i could only go for walks and stuff and i i couldn't uh, exercise as much um so I will say that I think one of my goals is definitely I want to hit. I know what I want to hit. You know, eventually I want to look like Chris Hemsworth. So, mm. <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, um, so that's that's my my resolution for for twenty twenty one. Then all the women will come come for me, right? So how it works? That's right. <laughs> uh, what am I looking forward to? Watch, I, your, I, watch your phraseology, man. That's the kid. This is a family broadcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, the only thing is, hopefully, now that we have a, a vaccine and 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 whatnot, the hopefully we get over this. And I'm looking forward to trying to go to a, a, a con this year. Like that will keep me alive. <laughs> I hope that's a reality. I hope it's a reality again because like, there's too many people that lost so much of their live lives and livelihoods with these shows being down. Oh yeah. Like I'd like to see I hope I hope we can get to there again by by the end of the year. I really do. Oh, I have I have quite a few friends that are artists that are just like, you know, they made money but not the same. Not the same. They lost yeah. so much. Yeah. Do you think when they open up it's still going to be like mask and social distancing and how will that affect the cosplayers? A lot of ninjas. Um, yeah, this is everybody's zero own scorpion. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we have you be the Mandalorian. Things I don't know right. if we have cons at least without masks until you know we hit herd immunity. Um, enough people get vaccinated, and I don't know. I mean, I know the states have plans for how they're going to roll out the vaccines, and it, it's starting. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of ninjas, I think, at least the first con. I, do you think we'll start with, if we do that, do you think we'll start with the smaller cons? Like, I can't see, I can't see, like, New York Comic Con and, like, San Diego and those stuff being, like, the first. Like, are people going to jump right into 100,000 people, or are they going to want to take it a little bit slower? Well, it's also the the fear factor, right? Like, people are still going to be afraid, even after they say, like, oh, you know, we've now reached a level where it's not a, an issue. There are still going to be people who are afraid, because... They were spent a whole, almost a whole year locked in their houses being told, don't go outside, wear masks, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't get over it like that. Um, one of my friends uh, who's an artist said that maybe we'll have more outside festivals during the summer. Yeah. You know? Outside show. It's not a, I'm surprised no one thought of that last year. Probably tougher, but not impossible. Right. I mean, and you can't, you pro, exactly, you can't do a 
New York Comic Con or San Diego size thing like that outside. But uh, I bet they try in Florida. <laughs> who they try a lot of things in Florida. Yes. I, don't if, I don't know if I would uh, use who them as a break, good example. Who do, we'll, who do you think will break the ice with that sort of thing? You know what I'm Florida. saying? Like, who's gonna? <laughs> they have like, cons. That's what or, I'm saying. I mean, they still have cons. They had a couple of cons in Florida this year. Oh Boy. wow! Okay, <laughs> Florida man. Um, I, I I do think I do. Just, wonder, everyone, just type in "man from Florida." Yeah, in your Florida search man. engine. Yes. I mean, the, the jokes right themselves. I, I do wonder if someone will try, and I have it for like some type of an outdoor festival as opposed to an indoor con. I imagine people might be a little more comfortable with that. It's what the hippies do. People don't seem to mind gathering in large groups outside, as we've seen. Exactly. All year, all exactly. Here, everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> maybe we should start an outside festival. I ain't going. Um, <laughs> Even if you get the vaccine? Oh, if I get the vaccine, I'm going to be a lot ha- I'm going to be a lot more comfortable as a person. I just want to get back. I, I want to coach again. And that means I yeah. got to wear a ma- get, if that means I got to wear a vex or wear a vaccine. If that means I got to get a vaccine and wear a mask, I'll do it. I don't care. Like it just I I I kind of want to feel not normal, but I want to get a sense of normalcy back. Like I was telling some of the kids, I was telling what life was like at airports before 9/11. I yeah. said, you used to be able to just go to the airport and like hang out. You could take your free, you could wait for your friend to get off the plane. You beat him in the terminal. And they were like, like, like with the plane, like where you get out of the plane. I'm like, yeah, you, people used to hang out there. And they were like, well, what did you do about all the security? I'm like, that wasn't there. Right. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, well, well, how did people, how did, what, huh? How did people not sneak things on the planes? I said, they didn't. That's the problem. That's why, that's why things change. <laughs> like, I wonder what will, what will be the lasting marks of this whole thing on like what we like and what we participate in? Like, how is, how is our lives going to change in the next year to five? You know, like here's an interesting thing, you know, that like no one thought about before the pandemic, but maybe I, and I know I can hear, I can see pushback both ways on this, but like, Maybe just checking people's temperatures before they go into a convention. Because even if someone has have a, COVID, it's probably a good idea not to let anyone well, fever. Do you know how many? Do you know how many people get sick because sick people go to conventions? Concrud. Yeah. We talk about it all yeah, the, all the time. Yeah, and they can do that easily. They did it at a place called Cedar Point, uh, close to where I live. Getting into the park, you just walk, and they have these sensors that could just do it. So they, it could be. I mean, I don't know how cost effective My, it is. But it can guys, be done. You guys know I'm, 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 I cover Japanese wrestling. Like they're doing shows in buildings, but everyone and again, it's like they don't require COVID tests, but they're at least they're everyone's got to wear a mask. Again, it's Japan; they're cool with it, and everyone's got to get their temperature taken when you walk in the building. Um, I mean, they, these things could be done easily. Amazon, I think it was like the the workers have to get their temperature taken before they come into work because they they have to be there to load trucks and all that stuff because that was a big hotspot last spring was all these like warehouses yeah right and then like I go to my doctor's office they have just a gun and, and yeah. they shoot my head and and it's like okay you don't have a te- a fever so so go in and I mean anyone who's been to New York Comic Con I haven't been to San Diego but New York Comic Con everyone gets a badge you got to scan your badge when you go in so. It's not boop, 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 boop. exactly it's super yeah. easy. One of the high schools that I do uh, video work for, they have. I thought it was a metal detector because I, I filmed their, their 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 fall play. Really uncomfortable experience. Don't want to do it again. Um, like yeah. they told me, oh, it'll be like fifteen people there. There was fifty. 
in this very small uh, auditorium. I hit record on the camera and left. Um, it was fine. Um, but they had a big like metal detector style thing. There. I, th- I thought it was a metal detector. It wasn't. It was temperatures. Right. And you just walk through and it takes your temperature. And like they know right away if you have it or if you don't. I'm like, well, that's these things are available. Do these become like standard? Right. I mean, at the, if 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 the argument for doing the stuff now is public safety, which I get, and I don't, I'm not arguing against it. I'm saying then cons are a definite place where you got to make sure that people aren't sick before they come. Like right. that's public safety. Correct. Because an elderly person could get the flu and die, and if an elderly person's at a con, you're going to kill them if you go there with the flu. That's all. I mean, yeah, you're you're not you're not wrong. I mean, like, believe me, I'm never going to miss a flu shot again. I will not go through a year because I got the flu last year and it sucked. Mm-hmm. And like, and I was like, man, I should have gotten my flu shot this year. And then this whole thing happens. It's like, okay, this clearly isn't worth it. Like, why? I, why not? Why not take extra precaution? Like, hey, you know, you're sick. Don't go. I mean, I know. I'm. You know, I guarantee that uh, there's there's going to be like. Cause that's a common thing, right? You go to the doctor, you get a flu shot, right? Uh, my doctor just does it. Because I go home a couple times a year and um, I go in the fall and he's always like, all right, you're here. You want your flu shot? Okay. Um, so, you know, there's a good chance that people are just, that where it's available, people are just going in right now. It's like, you want your COVID shot? Okay. You know? And that's going to be, if that's life for a while, I'm fine. People say, like, oh, it's going to take long-term herd immunity. will take this. It's just like, you know, fine, whatever. I'm willing to get a shot for the next 10 years. If it takes us 10 years to reach herd immunity, fine. I don't care. It does not matter to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I didn't understand like, and, and it's like, John's one of these that's like, oh my God, it's going to take forever and blah, blah. It's going to be like this for years, but he's a doomsayer. We all know that. He, he, yeah. John, John can be a little down in the dump sometimes. Um, but like to me, it's weird because again, I go to the, my doctor a few times a year, and I know there are people who don't go to the doctor unless they absolutely have to. But like, that's foolish, people. Like, you don't know what's wrong with you, and to, and it's better to catch it before it becomes something serious. Um, that pain in your back after you're forty might be a herniated disc, not just oh, I strained a muscle. Uh, JD. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it's true. Um, so it's just like if more people just went to the doctor regularly, everyone would probably get the vaccine very quickly once the doctor started getting them. So I come from this, this amateur at, at wrestling world of like you tough your way through things. And I remember I kind of, I signed a contract once to shoot a wedding and the bride was like, what do you do if you're sick? And I'm like, what do you mean? If I'm sick, I'm going to go to work, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, what am I a pussy? I go to work when I'm sick all the time. And now I'm like, boy, that's really stupid. Cause that's just how, that's just how like right. your brainwashed you're culturally you're brainwashed. Like, like sick is a state of mind. And it's like, no stick is a thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And you go to a wedding to film it while you're sick. You're going to make everyone at the wedding. Dude, sick. I turn, it's funny. I turned down three this year and one of them I turned down turned out to be a super spreader event. Yeah. Cause right. I saw the name and I had the contract and I went, Oh my God. I turned, I said, no, man, I'm not going to do this. Not, this isn't the right time. Cause of the contract, the wife, the bride goes, I don't want to see any COVID reminders in my pictures. I don't want anyone to wear a mask. <laughs> and I like, and I read this and I'm like, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, is this for real? Is this person serious? And I told the guy, I'm like, nah, man, I can't do this. And then it was like in the paper a month later. And I'm like, Holy crap, boy, do- mm-hmm. bullet dodged. Like, yeah, well, that's weird too because people people don't think in those of in those things because the photographers 
are constantly taking pictures. So it's like you're going to have your mask off the whole time. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's what they wanted. They wanted not to wear masks, and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah. read in my entire life. No, and yeah, I, I just I just I I do. I wonder like how we we change. Like I said, like in, in watching in Japan, it was not uncommon for years to see people wearing a mask in the crowd. And it's just, hey, I got a cough today. I'm going to wear my mask out. And there's no, like, shaming of people. It's just part of the culture. Oh, they're sick. I'll leave them alone. Like, that's all it is. It's like, I don't feel good. Maybe you want to stay away from me. Right. But I'm going to take care of you by covering my damn face. Like, I'd like to see our culture adapt that a little bit. Right, exactly. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Because that is, I, I mean, it's so funny because having worked for uh health companies i work for a medical management company now even though i work from home so it doesn't matter but like they're like no if you feel sick stay home use your sick time because like we don't want you bringing that into the office where i've worked at other places especially a small startup internet company where it's just like we ah, need you here, yeah. yeah we need you here just come mm-hmm. in come in and 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 work you know roll, roll them bones like we're taking the chance yeah, yeah i mean i've had quite a few people that are like oh i'd rather use my sick time for you know stuff i want to do it's like no that's that's not what it's that's right. not what literally, it's for literally has a name that indicates its exact purpose um it's, i had to tell my boss one time recently before we moved from working at home like she was sick and I'm like, what? Leave. Leave now, please. Uh-huh. Leave. Please leave. No, I know you're trying to tough it out in your manager and your leadership and all that. But please just leave. I, I, please. I, I, I've had that. I've had that, too. I not, not my boss, but I've had coworkers that are like, you know, they come in and you can you can see that they're sick. And it's like, why are you here? Go yeah. home. One of the guys I do, yeah, one of the guys who did the wrestling podcast with his, uh, he had a, a coworker that's like, I try to get through it, man. I'll be fine. And the whole office got COVID. Hey, Dave, you ever have somebody come over during D and D game night that you're just like, dude, you're fucking sick. What do you? But they still want to come and roll the dice. Uh, you know what? Literally roll the dice. I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had D and D night since. Uh, I see. I was in 19. my thirties. I see. So, so, um, okay. Yeah. And, 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 and early thirties. So we were still in that, like, we're indestructible. Right. Phase. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm I, like, you know, Hey, John was under the weather tonight and this is a podcast, but it's like, no, go, go rest. Like he's ultra considerate. That's right. Uh-huh. Yes. He did not want to give us a computer virus. <laughs> See, I think he would laugh at that one and he's never going to know the joke. So it's no, he's shame. not. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, we bust John's balls a lot because he never listens to the show. So, yes, yes. and it, and it and it's funny now because like I have to listen to it while I'm editing. Now JD has to listen to it while he's editing the video. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like like we can't even get out of it. Uh, but he likes to show up and just add color. Yes, and he's good at it. And we love you, John. We bust your balls a lot when you're not here. But yeah, but you're not. Here. He's not going to hear that we love him. Not hear that. So why do I bother saying it? I hate you. Um, <laughs> no, it's not true. I'm kidding. All right, all right. Let's 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 wrap this one up um anyone got any recommendations don, don you, you're always good for a recommendation what do you got actually don we screwed up the last time we screwed up the plug for your podcast so oh plug uh, plug <laughs> plug and then see if you have any recommendations okay well i absolutely recommend you go to our omega level nerds youtube channel which you can find by just searching omega level nerds on youtube and there you will find the omega level nerds podcast Audio-only version is, of course, on Podbean and wherever you can get Apple Podcast apps. 
and any other random places that uh, take the RSS feed. So yes, Omega Level Nerds, check it out. I highly recommend it. Um, outside of shameless uh, plugs, um, I will definitely recommend uh, Star Wars Rebels if you have not watched it yet. I don't know how I slept on this one. It is really good. I guess I thought because it was on Disney XD that it was, I don't know, a little bit kiddie-ish, but it's really, really good. So been watching that. Adds a whole new perspective to the Mandalorian show, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, goes hard onto the Dark Saber and uh, Darth Maul versus Obi Wan, which is something you get to see. Oh yeah, no, and it's funny too because like um, I didn't know about the Dark Saber, but my son watched. He he watched all the animated series, and he and when he saw it, he was like, oh, "The Dark Saber," and I'm like, "What? What?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew it from a comic book. Uh, that's okay. where I first saw it. Uh, but also, you just get to see, like, it actually just shows you how they piece together the rebellion and how things yeah. were at the beginning. And it's just way more interesting than I thought it would be. So I just, I definitely uh, recommend that. Octopath Traveler is a new uh, RPG uh, that I've been playing. Uh, it's not that new. Uh, in fact, it was on sale for 30 bucks, hence why I bought it. Uh, so I definitely recommend that if you like old school JRPGs, um, definitely check that out. Right. That's it, JD. So um, I've been doing, I've been doing, I call them deep dive reviews of like HBO Max. I'm justifying the time and money I'm spending on it, and I'm going because they have an, like I said last week, they have a great catalog of just movies on there, and I'm kind of going through there watching stuff that I haven't seen in years, and, and doing reviews for Combat Republic. And last week I did Dreamscape, and boy did that suck. And then this week I watched Inner Space. Nineteen eighty-seven, Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, a very young Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. and my lord, has that movie aged phenomenally? Does really? it does. still hilarious? The special—we talk about practical special effects. Practical special effects look really, really good in this movie. Like the plot is way more ridiculous than I remember it being, but the actors are having such a good time, and the characters are so uh, believable, and like they're so grounded in reality the characters themselves and their motivations and what they're doing, that the lunacy is fun. And you don't even ask questions like, why would they need to transform the rabbit's face? Why does he have this technology with him on this pod? It doesn't matter. Like, it's just a fun 33-year-old movie that's aged really well. So I'm going to write a review for that this week where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glow over it. The performances are good. It's, like I said, Inner Space 1987, check it out on HBO Max. Uh, the kid is watching The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the show from the 80s, and my God, Pooh is just amazing. I just love that he's into Winnie the Pooh right now. This, speaking of stuff that's aged well, I'm very happy with that. Um mm-hmm. The Books of Jericho, my action horror series, available on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, retailers across the internet. Pick them up. His kid, needs, know, his kid needs to eat, so he has to make poo. So he can't right. make poo. <laughs> well, he loves that joke, too. He, we've already picked up on that joke. Ah, poo. But yeah. See, you're you're lucky. You got that experience where you got your son, and you showed him something you used to like, and he dug it. Oh, Whereas yeah, my son, I'm like, hey – Here's these G1 Transformers. You know, you like the movie Transformers. Well, this is what dad, and he totally shit all over it. <laughs> See, I started young because my kid loves G1 Transformers. He yeah. loves Godzilla. Like he, anything that I have shown him, he just leaps onto right away. He is, I have a daddy's little buddy. Yeah, I, you're lucky. Yeah, because mine just takes every opportunity to be like, that sucks. What are you I remember like, I want to say five 
years ago, um, we decided to watch Goonies, my wife mm. and I. And we were like, we we're like all excited. We we're like, let's get the kids in here all watch it as a family. After like five minutes, my son was like, I'm done. Like, How old is he? Like, Whoa. Uh, he's 18 now. So I think he was like 13, 14 at the time. Yeah, too young, too young, too old. You've already, yeah, they're already they, cynical. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that is, I'm sorry, it's a beloved classic, but it is hard to watch now. I haven't seen it in years. That might be. See, and The Sandlot, which was a movie I loved, but, you know, I'm like, he shits all over anything, so forget it. And then out of nowhere, he's watching it, and it's like one of his favorite movies. It's like the only classic movie, the one I was like, oh, fuck it, he's not going to like it. And then, yeah, he's all, he's like, oh, Sandlot's cool. How old is your son? Right now, he's 12. He's 12. Yeah. They're cynical. Yeah. That's that's yeah. when they get their 12, 13, they're the worst. Middle school yeah. kids, man. Uh, yeah. I get it. I shot bar mitzvahs for five years. <laughs> I like you, spoiled white little shit. <laughs> Well, I, I, keep I, with them. I will recommend that you go to our website, superheroespeak.com, where you can check out the podcast every week, reviews by our good friend D-Square. And, um, and if you haven't already, subscribe to us here on YouTube. Leave a comment below. Helps out the algorithm. Um, we've actually gained like 10 subscribers since we started doing this. So, so thank you for everyone who has subscribed so far. And, uh, and I don't really... I, I, I was trying to think. I don't really have a recommendation this week, um, other than especially if you're over the age forty, make sure you go to the doctor a couple times a year, <laughs> get your flu shot when you can, and if you're over forty and you're dating, leave your emotional baggage at home. All right, on that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't get me caught in the door. Have a good week. Good.